Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or go to the story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's service.
Of the sweetest of love. 
Well, good morning. I would like to ask all the moms in the house to remain standing, don't move, stay exactly where you are. All moms, grandmoms, and great-grandmoms, would you remain standing? Everybody else, you can be seated for a moment. Allow me to be your big brother for a moment. For some of you, allow me to be your dad, your granddad. Let me do that. And for others, let me be your much younger brother speaking at you. I speak this over you on this very special day in the name of Jesus. For God's wisdom in your life like you've never had it before. Greater levels of wisdom and greater levels of knowledge. That you might know what to do in the lives of your loved ones, your friends, your family members, that you would know what to advise and you would know here's the most important one, when to advise. I speak over your strength in the name of Jesus. If there's anything going on in you physically that shouldn't be, I pray God's healing in the name of Jesus from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, that it would be done with and over with and you would be completely and totally healed and strengthened to do the important task you have ahead of you to do. I speak over your soul, your feminine heart, that is so precious and is so sweet, that blesses each and every one of us that ever come in contact with you. I pray for healing of every damage that has ever been done to your soul. I pray your heart would be healed. And I ask for calmness that can only come, and peace that can only come from your unconditional trust in your heavenly Father over your life and over everybody else that you love. Oh yeah. And for everybody that you love, I speak salvation in their life in the name of Jesus. And for everybody that you love, because you can only be as happy as the happiest person you love, I speak for protection over them. I speak joy over them. I speak happiness over them. Because a mother's heart is always touched and is always controlled by those that are around you. And oh yeah, one more thing. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that you would bless the women of our church. Thank you for each one of them. Thank you for how the older women here pour into the younger women. Thank you for the, how each one are like sisters to each other, they cover each other's back. They help each other, encourage one another. Thank you so much for the ministries that they have in the church and how, Father, they have reached into the lives of children and the youth. And Father, worshiping here and security here and doing so many things, Father, for so many people. Thank you for their involvement in the community. Thank you for their generosity. Thank you, Father, for their spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would bless them and make their dreams come true spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, emotionally, and relationally. And I'm asking all of this over these sweet, sweet ladies in the name of Jesus, amen. Give them one more hand. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. We love you so much. 
you guys take your seat here in the auditorium? I just wanna welcome everybody who's tuning in with us as well. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And in the chat, go ahead and tag your mom. Say, mom, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. It's awesome to be able to see the reach of Fellowship Church go so far beyond our Grand Valley into our state, country, and even around the world. Thank you so much. For all of you here, if you're visiting or if you're guests here with us, we'd love to welcome you. If you're in person with us, we'd love to treat you to a little gift and a free uh, coffee shop um, specialty drink. So if you would stop by the info center, fill out a little card and do that. For any of you, whether you're in the room or uh, tuning in online, fill out the, the new to fellowship form. It's really easy to do. You just text the word fellowship to 94,000. If you do that, you'll get a little text um, as well as a little bit of information around uh, our, all of our different ministries and things like that. And you get in touch with a staff member throughout the week. So if you wanna connect a little bit easier, text the word fellowship to 94,000. Maybe some of you are, consider yourselves maybe not guests or visitors, but you want to connect a little bit more. You want to figure out what your next step is in your relationship with Jesus here within our ministry. If you're in person, stop by the Next Steps counter, which is on the east end of the lobby. We'd love to be able to hear your story and see how you can find your next step here as well. As we continue the worship of our great God through the giving of tithes and offerings, you'll be able to see all the ways to give on the side screens. I think the Church Center app is the easiest. It tracks everything for you. You have it all in one place as well as anything that we ever do ever will always be on the Church Center app. So download that. You can give there, but you can do a lot more as well. We have the offering boxes in the lobby. We also have text to give and all the different things. As uh, I was thinking about what we were gonna, what I was gonna talk about today in, in talking about tithes and offering, my wife brought up a story that happened to us last month where we went to a dinner party at my parents' house. And it's not uncommon for us to go, but she, my mom's, she's, mom, I love you. You're amazing. Happy Mother's Day, right? Happy Mother's Day. But she's such a great host. And there's people in our lives that are just really good hosts. My mom is one of them. So she invites us. She's, she said, we're gonna have some other guests over. So you know, come on over. And we asked her, can we bring anything? And she said, you know what, just bring a side, like a healthy one, bring a, bring a healthy side. And we did what any couple with young kids and a lot of extracurricular activities did. We waited to the last second and just opened our fridge and we got a bag of carrots out. <laughs> That's like all we had, right? But my wife is a, a happy Mother's Day wife, wherever you are. Um, but she is amazing. She's such a good cook. So she took that bag of carrots and made this like roasted carrot dish. It was, it was awesome. But we're like, all right, we have this side. So we go to the dinner party. And when we walk in, we realize that it was not anything we expected. Has that ever happened to you before where you're just like, you're just invited somewhere and you're like, this isn't what I thought it would be. We walk in with our carrots, right? And there is like this just spread of like meats and cheeses for appetizers and all sorts of other things and these thick like ribeye steaks that are about to go on the grill with all the trimmings, and we have carrots. Like we have brought carrots. And it was just this really funny uh, way of going about it, but honestly, like we still were able to eat freely, and it was really cool. And we went home with leftovers, but not the carrots, because again, my wife is an amazing cook. They were out, but I got to bring home steak, which if I could ever trade carrots for steak, I'll do it every day. I'll do it every day. So when we get back, my wife points out, that's kind of like how the kingdom of God works. I went to my father's house with just something I was asked to bring and I, I came away with so much more. And it was so good to be able to, to see that. And I was like, it lines up with the scripture in Malachi in 3.10 when it talks about that if we just bring the tithe into the storehouse, that God will give you so much more. So much so it's like the, the windows of heaven are opened. And all we gotta do is just bring what's required. 
And God doesn't need our money. He, he has the biggest bank account around. But he wants our hearts. And giving is a way that we can love him back too. So if you're in financial need right now, I'd love to, to pray over you. And if you're giving an, a, an offering or a tithe, I want to pray a blessing over that as well as money can be a stress in life. But God comes through every single time. So Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you for being a provider. Thank you for um, just being you. And so Jesus, I pray, God, for anybody who's in financial stress or struggle right now, God, that you can open up those windows, that you can open up new avenues and ways that you can bless uh, us financially, God. And I, I pray, God, that for every offering, for every tithe that's coming in, that you can lay your hand of blessing on that as well. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your heavenly name, amen. There's a lot of things going on here at Fellowship Church. Here are a few of them. Super Kids Conference is coming up July 22nd through the 24th. That is a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. And this event is specifically for your kiddos that are going into second grade through going into sixth grade. We are so excited for this event because, it, of course, it's a ton of fun, but also it's an opportunity for your elementary school kiddos to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And that is such an incredible opportunity. You can sign up on the Church Center app. The registration is now live and the cost is $75 to get them in. We can't wait to see them there. Sheerfest was this past weekend and it was such an incredible success. So many of you sacrificed and gave up your Saturday and Sunday to help some people around our local community. And we wanted you to understand how important this was. It may have just seemed like you were mowing a lawn or helping someone with their yard work, but to them it was showing the love of Christ and making them feel loved and seen. And we are so, so appreciative of your willingness to help contribute to that cause. So we want to say thank you to all those Sheerfest volunteers who helped us out with that event. It was so, so incredible and we'll continue to see the results of that sacrifice for years and years to come. If you would consider yourself to be a guest or a visitor, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. We're going to be having a guest reception for you on Sunday, May 15th. This will take place between the 9 and the 11 o'clock services and this is an excellent opportunity for us to meet you and your family with some volunteers and some staff members, maybe give you a tour of the facility because it's big and it's awesome and we want to make sure that you see it all and also give you any opportunities where you could get further connected and answer your questions. We'd love for you to sign up on the Church Center app and we'll hope to see you there. It's third quarter of our Love and Basketball series. We hope that you enjoy. Just the way you are. 
in our love and basketball series. And we planned this to be in the NBA playoffs and we planned for the Nuggets to be in the NBA playoffs, but that didn't work out so well. But anyway, I hope you're enjoying this. Now I know for me, I love basketball. I, I love playing basketball. And, and, and when, as I was growing up, like I played all the sports. I played football and basketball and, and ran track and baseball and soccer. Like if it was a sport, I wanted to play it. But there's nothing I enjoyed more than basketball. It's not as fun to watch, but there's something about playing it. It's just super fun. But if you played basketball, for most of us, we also have an embarrassing story about basketball. You have one of those? I do. I remember uh, wanting to make the A team when I was in eighth grade. And I mean, I prayed and I stayed up at nights and I practiced my, le practiced my left handed layup because that was one of the things that you had to do to make the A team. And so I worked at that. And then, man, when I was time as a freshman, I, I, I made it to the starting five. I wanted to start. That was something that was so important to me. And we had this game that came up when, when I was a freshman. And we had a really good team. And we got to play on the varsity court. So we weren't in the auxiliary gym for this one. We were in the varsity court. And I remember it was right before halftime and I was dribbling the ball down and I was almost to half court. And I heard them, uh, you know, the crowd counting down the clock, 10, nine, eight. And so I'm trying to maneuver, trying, they're trying to trap me. And I, I, I move around and I dribble around and I get to half court and they get down to two and I launch it. Whew! And I almost made it, it was so cool. But that's not the embarrassing part. The embarrassing part, it was the opposing team was the one that was counting down the clock. And they counted it down earlier than it really was. And I still had like 45 seconds on the clock when I launched that three-pointer. Yeah, yeah. And I thought since I was in my home gym, that, you know, that, that wouldn't happen, but it was the other team that was doing it. And so my, te my teammates were laughing at me. They were laughing at me. So it wasn't a great day for Timmy on the basketball court. Let's just say that. 
But we've been talking about, in this series, a lot of different things. The first week was fix your fundamentals. Last week we talked about that's a foul and, and the ways that we can foul in our relationships. And this day, on today's message, we're going to be talking about don't play hurt. Don't play hurt. Now, I want to make sure you understand that this, this particular message is not just for those of us that are in relationships or those of us that are in marriages. The truth is, is we all can play hurt or try to play hurt at times. And so this is for all of us. In fact, the scripture that we're going to be talking about today is about Nehemiah. And Nehemiah wasn't married. In fact, many scholars believe that Nehemiah was a eunuch. And so this scripture that we're going to be talking about, it, it is, it's, it's for all of us. Now, if you know the, the story of Nehemiah and the time frame in which Nehemiah took place, you know that Nehemiah was in a captive land or he was held into captivity, he was taken into exile from a defeating country of Israel and Judah. Now, Israel was defeated by Assyria originally, and then Babylon was, was the country that defeated Judah, which was the southern country of Israel. And every time a king defeated a country, they would take the best of the best back to their, their country. Now, this is the best of the best as far as treasures, the best of the best as far as people. And even though time had gone on, and this wasn't the time where Babylon was ruling, Persia had come in and defeated Babylon, the people or the remnant of Israel was still in that land. And so Nehemiah was this prophet, but he also served the king of Persia, who was Artaxerxes. And he is troubled because of what is going on in his country. Now, before this, Ezra, uh, it was recorded in Ezra that a team of Israelites went back and they rebuilt the temple because the temple had been destroyed. But then we see Nehemiah and he's upset because Jerusalem is still a mess. It's in shambles. It is still a wreck from when the Babylonians destroyed it. And, and it's hurting him. He's distraught about it. Now, Nehemiah was not only uh, favored in the uh, Persian Empire, but he was also a cupbearer to the king which means that he would bring the cup of wine to the king and serve him. And he was with him a lot because Persians drink a lot of wine, okay? So he was there, he was there a lot. And they had this relationship. And you could tell that there was something wrong, going wrong within Nehemiah. And we pick up in scripture at chapter uh, two, verse one, early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be terribly or deeply troubled or, or saddened in heart, another translation says. Then he says, then I was terrified. Okay, well, why would he be terrified? I mean, you can't have a bad day in front of the king? No, you can't. You were supposed to bring the best to the king. Not only the best wine, but the best attitude and the best service. And in all the time of Nehemiah serving this wine, he had never seemed down. And so he was afraid of what the king would say to him or do to him. So he starts off by saying, long live the king, okay? You're the king, I honor you, long live your throne. How can I not be sad though? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Nehemiah was hurting and it was affecting who he was. Has pain ever done that to you? Have you ever hurt so bad that it changed you or who you were? A few years ago, there was a basketball player that came on the scene and he was just, he was this little guy, he was this guard, but man, he could just shoot the lights out. 
And he carried his team all the way into the playoffs and really made them a contender to win it all. And as he was playing one of these playoff games, he gets hurt. He actually hurts his hip. And he hurts it pretty severely to the point where they say, dude, you don't need to play anymore. You're done for the season. But he's like, no, we're in the playoffs. I have to play. And so he decides, I'm going to push forward. And, and the next game is about ready to happen. And not only is he hurting physically, but then he finds out his sister dies. And so then he's crushed emotionally. But he presses on. He's like, I can't let my team down. I can't let this organization down. So he goes ahead and he plays this next game. And within the game, he gets hurt bad enough to where they have to pull him. Now he goes on, he has to have surgery for this problem. And now you would think that this organization would go, let's reward him. How loyal was he? How committed was he? How cool was it that even though he was hurting physically and he was hurting emotionally, he chose to play hurt. So if anything, we should just give him a big old fat contract. But what did they do? They traded him. They traded him because they didn't know if he would recover. And truthfully, he didn't. He played for several different teams after that, but never achieved the same heights that he had before. So the loyalty that you would think that he would get he didn't at all. In fact, he just got pushed to the side. Now, if we're ever going to have a relationship that we want, a marriage that we want, the kind of relationships that we've dreamed of, we can't play hurt. We can't just press through. And just like this NBA player, we might think that we're being noble by playing with injuries. We think that there's some kind of pride to be taken in trying to handle our pain by ourselves, which is just super unhealthy. How many times have you done that? How many times have you said, no, 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 I'm fine. No, 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 I can deal with it. No, 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 this isn't so bad. I don't want to bother anybody. I mean, I've seen people before, they didn't even want to pray to the Lord and bother the Lord with their pain or their injuries, let alone anyone else. Or we just try to ignore it hoping that it'll go away. Are you one of those people that just think, well, if, if enough time passes, then I'm not gonna have to worry about this anymore. It, it's just gonna fade away. Now, here's the thing. If we do not deal with our injuries, our injuries will eventually deal with us. And here's the thing. You could be losing when you should be winning because someone is playing hurt in this relationship whether marriage or whether dating or maybe just a close friendship, someone is playing hurt and it's affecting your whole life, life group. It's, it's an elephant in the room. It's something that you know you need to deal with, but you're not dealing with. And so it affects everybody around you. Playing hurt doesn't always help the team. And sometimes playing hurt hurts the team. Improving our relationships requires addressing our injuries. Because here's the thing, we all want great friends. We all want to have close relationships with, with people that we can hang with and we can enjoy. We all want to marry someone someday, for the most part, unless you just have the gift of singleness, which Paul talks about in scripture. But most of us want to marry the, the, the person of our dreams. And we wanna have the relationships that we've seen in movies where you just ride off into the sunset. sunset. We, we want that. But we can't do that. We will not have that unless we address the injuries we have from our past. Now, there are two types of injuries. 
There are off-the-court injuries, which are inflicted by people that are not, you're not in a relationship with. Okay? You don't have a relationship with, but you're still hurt by them. You're still affected by them. And then there's on-the-court injuries, which were inflicted by people that you love. Maybe somebody that you have a close, intimate friendship with. Maybe, maybe it's somebody that you are engaged to. Maybe, maybe it is your spouse. And it's an on-the-court injury. But no matter where the injury came from, they have to be dealt with. Because these injuries affect us. Don't think that you are hurt or injured and it's not going to affect you. The first way it affects us is it affects our eyes. It affects our eyes. It perverts our perception. Your heart affects your eyes. And when your heart is hurting, you can't see straight. The filter of your pain has perverted your perspective. It makes you pessimistic. It it makes you paranoid. It makes you unable to trust. It can make you jealous. If you are a chronically jealous person or you know somebody that is chronically jealous, I can show you a person that is just hurt. They're injured. They've been hurt. They've been injured in the past and they've never dealt with it. And so it manifests or it comes out in these symptoms of jealousy. It's not only gonna affect your eyes, but it's also gonna affect your ears. You see, they create a filter on our ears that blocks the positive, but allows the negative. Think about this for a second. If you're this type of person, when someone says something positive to you, it's blocked. You can't hear it. You can't process it. They say to you, you look good. But you think, no, no, I I don't really look good. They're they're just saying that to be nice to me. You did such a good job. Yeah, well, this time, but I'll probably mess up in the future. Or I'm so proud of you. Are you really? Are you really proud of me? That's the sick things that happen in our head when we've been hurt. But when someone says something negative, it's amplified. If you hear some criticism that comes your way, whether warranted or not, it just is like magnified, like you just spoke into a huge uh, amplifier that is just pronounced throughout a stadium and in your conscience and your, your being. That negativism just, it impacts you. We might say something like, well, you know what? In our relationship, we just, we need to fix this. But you hear, I'm broken. Or, you know what, if we could just do a little bit more of this, man, it would really, really help our relationship. And you hear, I'm not enough. So it affects our eyes, it affects our ears, but it also affects our emotions. Pain pours octane on our emotions. They will cause us to overreact to situations and make things way worse than they should be. Do you have somebody like this in your life right now? that you can't really talk to about the serious things. You can't give them the last 2% truth on a situation because if you do, they will lose it. It will be like a nuclear bomb going off and then you're gonna have to pick up the pieces. And so you just kind of stay away from that. It's like, you just can't tell them that. You just can't be truly honest with them because they will react and they will overreact. And it's because they're hurt. Instead of us having emotions, our emotions, they have us. Now, these unresolved hurts don't just affect us, they affect our teammates as well. 
Sometimes we think, you know, it's just that pain was on me. I'll handle it. I'll handle the injury. It only affects me. No, it doesn't. It affects everyone that is close to you. You see, injuries are inevitable. We're going to get hurt. We're going to have pain. But the one that broke you can't heal you. But the healer will heal you no matter what broke you. Did you catch that? The one that broke you can't heal you. I think sometimes the person that we are hurt by, we are waiting for an apology. We wait for them to come back and make it right. They're probably not going to come back and make it right. And even if they did, that wouldn't heal you. It might help, but it's not going to heal you. The only one that can is your heavenly father. He can mend all wounds. He's never hurt you. He never will. He loves you and it breaks his heart to see you trying to play hurt. Psalms 147.3 says he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Now, sometimes our injuries happen within our relationship, but so many times we bring it in from prior relationships. Oh man, we see that a lot, right? We've been hurt by people in the past. And so when we have new relationships, we drag all of the pain from those relationships into the new relationships. And we do that within life groups. I mean, we can have a really good community and things are going really good and somebody gets hurt within that group and they never deal with it. And then the poison from that hurt begins to filter through everybody else. Or maybe you're trying to get somewhere in your relationship, your marriage, and, and you just, just keep tripping over things, over hurts from the past, over a, 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 some girlfriend or some boyfriend that did something to you in a dating relationship, and now you're punishing your spouse for their sins. Guys, we do that. We do that. The residue from hurt from parents, the residue from hurt from teachers or coaches or boyfriends or girlfriends can all be brought onto the court of a new relationship. Sometimes you can be hurt and you don't even know it. it if you're in a situation where you, like, you stub your toe and you, and you limp around on that thing for like three or four weeks and it doesn't get better, it doesn't get better, and then you go get x-rays, well, you broke your foot. The injury was way worse than you thought it was. You couldn't just walk that one off. You needed help to get better. Until the hurt is fixed, you can't see correctly and you can't hear correctly. Now, Nehemiah, was, he was heartbroken. And even though the temple had been rebuilt and he knew that, he knew that his country was just a mess. It was in shambles. And even though he had not lived there, he had parents and grandparents and great-grandparents that were buried there. And it broke his heart to think that, the, that his home was just a mess. Now, Nehemiah had been feeling this way for a long time. It wasn't like he just came into the knowledge of how bad it was in Jerusalem and was like, oh, now I feel bad. No, he was hurt by it and he never dealt with it. He was hurt by it and he never said anything about it. He was hurt by it and he never asked for help. And he held it long enough that the king finally noticed. 
King saw him every day and he could see the difference in him. And so he asked him about it. Now notice something in scripture. That when the king asked Nehemiah what was wrong, Nehemiah didn't say, oh, nothing. I'm fine. Oh, it's no big deal. Oh, I can handle it. Why do we do that? Aren't we the worst at that, right? I mean, people say, how's your day? It's good, it's good. No, it's not. Your day is awful. It's a mess. You feel horrible. You are hurting. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. But Nehemiah said, no, I'm hurting. We have to be able to admit when we're hurt. If we don't admit it, how can we get help? Well, the first thing Nehemiah does when the king tries to help is he acknowledges reality. How about that? Scripture says, how can I be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins. Or how can I not be sad? And the gates have been destroyed by fire. You see, sometimes I think we get mixed up on what faith is. And we think that if I can just put this in the back of my mind and act like it's not bothering me, that that's faith. Faith doesn't deny reality. Faith believes that God can change it. The longer we deny reality, the longer we delay our healing. Right? We, we just need to say it. I'm hurt. I'm mad. I'm sad. It's okay. You're not perfect. You're not going to go through this life unscathed. But then he articulates his pain. So he acknowledges it, but then he articulates it. And in Nehemiah 1.4, he says, when I heard this, when he heard about all the stuff that was going on in Jerusalem and he'd heard about it for a while, he said, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. When you bury your feelings, they don't die. They don't die. I think that's what we think. Well, everything else I bury dies. I'll just bury my feelings. It'll go away. But it doesn't. We have to deal with it. We have to articulate it. So I'm going to give you a real personal example of this. We have somebody in our family that has hurt our family for years. For 40 or 50 years, the hurt on my parents, the hurt on my siblings, the hurt on this person's kids, it's anything that she has touched over the last 50 years, she's she's destroyed. And it got to a point, you know, where we're like, well, we got to help her. We got to fix her. We got to, you know, get her counseling. We got to get her, you know, uh, 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 we got to get her deliverance. We gotta, there's nothing that we did not try. There's nothing that we, let's throw money at it. Let's try to fix it that way. Let's give her a fresh start. I mean, this person's got more fresh starts than, than, than anybody I know. And about 40 years in, I have an encounter with her that does not go well. It doesn't go well. And I just have been, bottling this up so long that I lost it. I lost it on her. The people that were around saw me lose it. And they're like, where'd that come from? That came from years of unresolved hurt. And so what I did, I had this little workout room that I had, it was a more storage shed that I turned into a workout room. And I went out there and I shut the door and I had one of those stand up punching guys, you know, and, and man, I, I went off on this thing. I beat this thing. I pushed it down. I was on top, dropping atomic elbows on it. I was like, man, just MMA in this dummy and just like screaming at God. 
God, why? God, I'm so sick of this. God, I don't want this. God, why can't this be any different? Why, why does she keep hurting the ones that have tried to help her? Why are we the victims in this situation? And I'm just wailing on this dummy. And let me tell you, those, the great thing about those dummies is they can't hit back. <laughs> so I just beat this thing, crying out to God and telling the Lord exactly how I felt. Exactly how mad I was, how frustrated I was, how disappointed I was. And when I finally did that, this heaviness lifted off of my heart. And from that point on, I set up boundaries and I said, I'm not going to allow myself to get there again. I love her. I want the best for her. I pray for her. I forgive her. But she has to be on the outside of my inner circle. Because the hurt was never going to end. It's okay to do that. It's okay to get angry. Now, I don't, don't go punching stuff that you're going to have to fix later, okay? But sometimes, guys, it's okay. just get mad, get angry, and tell the Lord, and let the Lord deal with that wound. Number three, he assessed the damage. So later on in Nehemiah chapter two, we see that he goes to Jerusalem. It takes him a while. I mean, it's a long way from where he is in Persia to, to get to Jerusalem, but he goes. And it says in verse 13, after dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's well, and over to the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and burnt gates. Nehemiah assessed the damage. And when we do this, it allows us to see how we should proceed, what we're going to need to proceed, and if we should proceed. Should we even proceed? We gotta assess the damage. Assess what's going on in here. Assess that relationship. What do I gotta do to fix this and to keep from getting hurt again? Now, have you guys ever done this? You are hurt and the pain is so great from a person or a relationship and you just wanna fix it immediately so you just make up to stop the pain. You ever done that before? You're right in the middle of the heat of battle and with a person and they've hurt you and they messed, they just, they, they bruised you, they wounded you, but you know what? You want them to still be friends. You still want them uh, to have a good relationship with them. So you just make up. So you're just like, okay, all right, whatever, let's move on, let's don't focus on that. But the damage is never assessed and you recommit to something that you didn't fix and go right back into a relationship that is still broken. Like we do that and we wonder why things don't get better and it's because we've never assessed, we've never hold any, held anybody to the carpet before on the hurt that they've caused us. Then he inquires of the Lord. I love this. I love this scripture. The Bible says, the king asks, well, how can I help you? How can I help you? And then the next phrase is, with a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. He didn't have time to go in his prayer closet in that moment. You know, he, the king said, how can I help? And he couldn't say, uh, give me until tomorrow morning when I can have coffee with God and then I'll come back and tell you. No, he sends up what I call a microwave prayer. It's quick, it's effective. God knows that it, it's, it's real. And in the moment with a prayer to God in heaven, then he speaks. Sometimes that's what we have to do. In the moment, we just have to say, Lord, help me. 
Give me the words. Soften their heart. Speak through me and do it now. And, and we may be in a heated conversation or a crucial conversation with someone and we need help. Not later, not till I can pray about it tomorrow, not till I can go to church this Sunday and worship and, and really spend time with God. I need help now. Help me now. And God is for, there for you in the now. He's there for you. All you have to do is speak to him and he is there for you. It doesn't have to be a special moment. It doesn't have to be in a special place. He's there and he hears you now. And then he asks for assistance. Nehemiah ends up going back to Jerusalem and he rebuilds the city wall, but he couldn't do that without some help. So he asks the king, I need help. And so the king gives him this letter. He gives him his stamp. And that stamp, man, it is good as gold. And as he was traveling through the country, as he needed supplies to rebuild the wall, all he had to do was show that stamp and the king's name was on it and the king's favor was upon him. But he wouldn't have had that if he hadn't asked. So I want to ask you this morning, what is in ruins and it's staying in ruins because you won't get help? You see, Nehemiah got help from God. We discussed that, but he got help from the king too. It's okay to ask. Don't worry about bothering somebody. I think sometimes we go, oh, I'm the problem child. I am the one that's always got the problems. No, 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 we all got the problems. Ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. We have so many great resources here at Fellowship. If you're struggling right now in your marriage, ask for help. Maybe it's just not where it was. Ask for help. This has been a great series that's gonna help a lot, but maybe you need to go that next step. And there's nothing wrong with going to a good Christian counselor. I mean, Rebecca and I have done that through the years. Whew. Man, we've needed it. She's needed counseling just to deal with me. We have a great program here called Renewal and Rescue. It's in two parts. I'm telling you, the stuff that we address within Renewal and Rescue almost always is the stuff that is causing the hurt or the injuries in your marriage. But don't wait until the next time we offer it. That could be six months from now, seven months from now. We have it in the bookstore. Just go get it. Go through it. And then apply and, and use the stuff that you talk about. It's not enough just to go through it if you don't listen and change. We have an incredible spiritual warfare ministry here that, that, that deals with deliverance and restoration. Because it is life-changing. It will change who you are. And if you've not done it before, oh my gosh. And maybe you haven't done it for a while. Do it again. It's awesome. Don't wait till the next class. It's in the bookstore. It's on video. You can watch it right on your computer. Go through the workbook. We do deliverances every month here, sometimes every week here, for those that have gone through that and that want help. The Bridge is a wonderful ministry we have here for, for women that are hurting, that have gone through hurt, that have, have those injuries, that have that pain. And it is a mentorship program where two or three ladies will sit down with you and minister to you. Use that. It's there. It's a resource. Use divorce care. Use our, our, our life groups. Use our accountability groups. That's what they're there for. They're there because we are a church that is filled with hurting and injured people. You may be good right now, 
but you may not be good tomorrow. Use the resources that are around you. Let's stand, and as we do, what is that pain or that hurt that you need help with? You probably know right now. You probably know. So while we're here, while we have the time, just ask Jesus for help. Ask him right now. Help me with that friendship. Help me with my marriage. Help me with that teacher. Help me with that mentor. Help me with that boss. The first step in getting healing is always forgiveness. Are you ready to forgive those people? Maybe you are. Maybe you can say right now, I choose to forgive my mom for what she did to me. Or maybe that's where you need to ask for help so that someone can walk you through how to do that. But Lord, you know our hearts and I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would reveal to us what that hurt is and how we need to fix it. Don't let us walk around on a broken foot for three years before we get healing. Show us what we need help with and then give us the courage to ask for help. And help us, Lord God, to ask the right person for that help. We love you, Lord, and we know you're the great healer. We know that you're the, you're the God of restoration and reconciliation. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would loose that in all of us now, reconciliation. Lord, loosen us a resurrection in our relationships. Help us to take note upon uh, of people that we should allow in our inner circle and those that we need to build some boundaries, not walls, but boundaries. And give us the strength to do all of this. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do so right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. 
If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text Fellowship to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.